0: Sportsbook app, America's top-rated Sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill, and it's just me and Craig Morgan today. Petey just, he just didn't show up. I'm just kidding. He no, has...
1: PD has not been hired for an NHL job, so don't worry.
0: Yeah, let's get that out of the way to start. He is not leaving us, but he is just not here today, just like I have the day off yesterday, by the way. Listen to yesterday's podcast you did a, a great job except for the banging of your roof <laughs> <laughs> I, was,
1: I was waiting for it i knew there was a qualifier coming somewhere i was muting whenever i could but there were a couple times where i was talking oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean i got my street racers you have your roofers Yep,
1: my roof is being redone in case you didn't catch that on yesterday's podcast yeah
0: but it, it was a good show it was very, and you know what scared me about it craig is the common theme was every time the Multiple picks in the first round, they went horribly wrong. So I hope that's not a trend that will continue right, like, in the upcoming. Hey, we draft. can't blow
1: this. We've got a couple picks. We got so. three
0: picks in the first round. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> uh,
1: I would say that things were a little different back then than they are now. Yeah, let's hope. A little more focus on on scouting, and yeah, let's hope it pays off for them. Definitely. But that's not why we're here today. No, it is not. It? We have other things to talk.
0: about. We have a lot of other things to talk about. Um, one of which, one of which will be a rant. Like you've never seen before from Craig Morgan himself, but we're gonna save that for at least since Monday. We'll save that for later in the show. However, but well, we want to talk about the Battle of Alberta, which kicks off tonight, and this is a historic rivalry between yeah. these two teams. They haven't met in the playoffs since 1991, um, but the the two of them together in the history, it's just an absolute battle. I don't even know how to describe it.
1: I'm aging myself here. (laughs) They haven't met in a long time, but I remember when they did meet and it was the Wayne Gretzky years and and Calgary had iconic players as well, like like, I think a Joey Mullen uh, backdoor on the power play. Calgary had great teams then too, and these teams had just epic battles back in the 80s and even into early 1990. Um, It's been a long time, but this rivalry, and we're going to get into this because we had Calgary Flames GM, Brad Living, on, on a, a recording yesterday. P.E. and I talked to him, and he he, he captures it a bit. You know, he, he, he said you don't understand it until you're really in it. He You know, he, he grew up in Canada, obviously. He's been around hockey a long time, and you can see it from the outside. But, man, when you're there, it's completely different. It was a great interview with, that we had with Brad. But beyond that, and just with all the history, I, I know it's been a long time, but – it feels like a college rivalry to me. I said this to Brad hmm. in the interview. It feels like ASU, U of A. Like when the new coach gets hired, what's your first order of business at ASU? You got to beat U of A. If you beat U of A, it's a successful season. It feels the same way yeah. with Calgary and Edmonton. That's how just fervent it is. These cities just hate each other.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited to see your interview with Calgary Flames GM Bradtree Living, which we'll get to in just a moment. But in terms of connecting it to Arizona, there's a lot of ties mm-hmm. to the Flames and the Oilers and within the Coyotes organization historically. And that aside, which we'll get to in a second, when I think of Alberta as someone who lives in Arizona, in the winter, it's like you're seeing Alberta license plates at like once a day at least. All the snowbirds are from Alberta, it seems like. <laughs> so there. it's just a huge, huge population of Albertans who live in Arizona. Um, so there's that tie in as well.
1: Yeah. they've got a, they've got a big snowstorm coming by the way. So still it's May. It's going to snow in Alberta. So you understand why they come down here, but are are you going to like, are we going to just talk about names here?
0: Yeah. Let's talk about some names.
1: Like the first person I think of hasn't played for either franchise, but Shane Doan grew up in Hellkirk. It's like, it's slightly to the East, but if you go dead center between Edmonton and and, and Calgary, here's Hellkirk. So Shane understands this rivalry completely. Yep. He's he's an Alberta boy, so he gets it. But yep. beyond that, you, know, you can name well, some of the Obviously,
0: others. Brad Living, who was the Coyotes' assistant general manager from tw- 2007 to 2014 and is currently the Calgary Flames general manager, which I know you get to right off the top in their interview, John Maloney, Coyotes' GM from 2007 to 2016, and he was the Flames executive. From 2016 to now. Yep. Still there. Dave Tippett, obviously, Coyotes coach, and was just let go by the Edmonton Oilers this year, but that's another tie in. Jim Playfair, the Coyotes associate yep. coach from 2011 to 17, and an Oilers associate coach until this year as well since 2017 and then of course Mike Smith still active which is (laughs) played
1: for all three teams
0: unbelievable (laughs) to think about yeah Yeah. played for all three um was obviously Coyotes fans know Mike Smith from his time here but was a Flames goalie from 2017 to 19 and then from 19 to now on the Oilers and then you know some active players which we've been talking about throughout these playoffs Michael Stone, Kyle Turris, um, Derek Brassard, Josh Archibald, I mean, the, the list goes on. There's yeah. so many tie-ins to Arizona and the Coyotes. So it's really funny to, to think about.
1: Yeah, and, and some amazing. Obviously, those are some big names too. Like Don Maloney and Dave Tippett oversaw the most successful era in Coyotes history, but I don't think people realized how much a part of that Brad was. He was Don Maloney's right-hand man, really relied on him. And, and when Brad left to take that Calgary job, it really hurt this franchise. Hmm. He did so much for them. So he was just as critical a piece. You know, when we when we think about that like group of guys that held this team together with all the relocation rumors, you think of Maloney in the GM spot, Tippett in the coaching spot, and Shane Doughton in the captain spot. Trust me, Brad played a huge role in all of that as well.
0: Yeah, and it's great to see him have success in Calgary. And we're so grateful that the day before the series kicks off that he gave – us a lot of his time so i think we should send it over to your interview with calgary flames gm brad trey let's do it all
2: right now it's time to welcome in former assistant general manager for the arizona coyotes and the current general manager for the calgary flames brad Triliving. brad thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join us today
3: good to be on with you guys good to see you pete and you too craig Oh, yeah. what! Wow. like, Great again, to see I got to mention
2: there after all. There okay. you go. Bougie Craig in his fancy house down there in Gilbert. <laughs>
1: hey, that's yeah, right, buddy. Geez. Got
2: the Pellegrino right here. So he a, Bra- uh, before you got on, Brad, you should have heard him. He's got to his wife. Yeah. Give me a Pellegrino. Like, it's just like, I don't have that kind of pull in my You,
3: you know, you know, the guy's highfalutin when he's ordering bubbles in his house. <laughs> when you got bubbles near a whole different belt. level than the rest oh, of us. Shit. All right.
1: Let's get to this interview before I take any more grief here, Brad. You mentioned how hard that first round was on the ticker. What'd you see from your team in terms of resolve to get past Jesus? One of the best goaltending performances I've seen in recent memory.
3: Well, you know what I was, I, I, you know, and it it sounds like a cliche, and everybody talks about it, but we talk a lot about here just the process, not the end result. And you know, one of the things we felt really in all the games throughout the series is we, we were playing really well. We liked a lot that we were doing. We were, you know, we had a high shot volume. We were getting a lot of traffic in and around Jake. I, I thought we, we controlled the puck. Um, we had the, the majority of the play. Like Dallas is a good team. I, I, I think the way the league is set up now, um, I, I personally throw out this, you know, where the seedings are and who's the favorite. I think it's a bunch of crap. The league is it's small margins. And as you two know, when you get into the playoffs, um, you know, Dallas, this is a team two years ago was in the final. They're they're a veteran team. They know how to play when it's, when the chips are on the line here. And in the playoffs, you get a, you get a goaltending performance, anything can happen. And so ultimately I really liked how we were playing. Um, But you get to, I'd be lying to you if I didn't think at some point here, you're like your seventh game overtime. You're like, seriously? Um, (laughs) And I didn't know if we're going to get another one by him, but. Um, our guys hung in there. They didn't get, you know, the one thing I'd say to answer your question, Craig, is they didn't, they didn't get frustrated. You know, they didn't, they didn't say, okay, we're going to have to go off script now and try something different. They stayed, they, they, they stayed on, on the same page here. And, and eventually we got one to go in. So, um, certainly felt better when it went in.
2: It's funny, Brad, when you talk about this team, this Calgary flame team in the playoffs right now, they're averaging 41 shots per game on goal. During the regular season, they're sixth with over almost three and a half goals a game for the entire season and struggled against Ottinger. Not struggled. He was light out. Best mm-hmm. goaltending performance. He was the MVP of the first round. We've talked about that before. Um, but I will say that you do need to thank the Coyotes for your first round matchup after <laughs> their amazing run the last week of the season, defeating um, the Nashville Predators. Otherwise, that you could have been facing a third string goalie in Ingram instead of... Uh, instead of hudger
3: yeah well you know that night i remember Petey. we played in winnipeg it was the last night of the year and we were on a road trip but we finished in winnipeg and um i you know whatever the the coyote game had started by the time we were just taking off and i think it was like three nothing or something and somebody said on the plane it's three nothing and i'm like all right so you i just said i'm gonna go shut her down for a little bit and we woke up when we landed and it was uh uh, the Coyotes came back, so we had kind of thought in our minds we we're going to Nashville, and and uh, it turned out we went to Dallas. But they're they were. Hey, that's a, like I said, it's a team that's. It was a tough opponent. We're glad to get through it. What's
1: what's it like as a manager sitting up in the box, no control over the situation? What what is that like going through that experience? Game seven OT.
3: Um, it's I. It's the duck theory. You try to be calm on the outside, and you're paddling like hell underneath. Um. <laughs> But it, you know, you do. You feel a little bit helpless. All you can do up there is, is, uh, is cheer and swear and and drink coffee. And uh, but like I said, I, I was really really proud of our group. Um, you know, we we played a real good series. We had a chance to close out in Game Six. We didn't. I thought I thought Dallas was was real good in Game Six. Um, and then. You know, it's a big hurdle. Our team, we've had a good team here. We've had some good regular seasons um, over the course of the last number of years. We we haven't been able to push through since my first year in 15 to get through the first round. So I just, I was real proud of them. Um, but it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking up there. And as we said, just the way the game, it's always tight. Um, and as much as Jake Ottinger played well, the reason we won the series is our goaltender too. Like even... You know, we may have had a lot more shot volume, but they had some chances. Pavelski, Heiskanen in overtime. So again, had a, had a backdoor chance that, you know, when called upon, I thought Markstrom was, was, you know, like I said, he was the reason we got through. But it's, you know, it's just, it's it's exciting, but it's nerve-wracking. Everybody said, oh, isn't it exciting watching game seven? I said, yeah, when, it, <laughs> when, when it's other teams playing. Um, it's miserable when it's your team.
1: You told me previously that as you gain experience as a manager – You also gain patience. Uh, You understand that a contender can't be built overnight in most cases. And there will be stops and starts along the way. So can you take us inside the process of building this team into a contender, adding key pieces? And and as I mentioned in our notes, not the least of which is a coach who's been there.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've like I said, I think we've had a we've had a good team here for a while. We've had some ups and downs. Um, It's a you know, we have sort of had this young core group that's been together for a long time. And then, really, uh, you know, a year ago we took a step back and said, you know, um, it was a, it was a, we had a we had a difficult year. Now it was difficult for everybody, um, but up in Canada, you know, it, we were on lockdown. There was no fans in the building all year. Um, it affected everybody. It's not an excuse at all because everybody was dealing the same thing. But I really felt it, you know, for whatever reason, it it really affected our group. We've got a really tight group that, you know, they're they're together all the time and and it was sort of like you came to the rink and then you, everybody had to go their separate ways. You couldn't, you, you know, you couldn't go for dinner. You couldn't do anything And it. And so the season ended last year, Craig, and, 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 and there was a lot of criticism and rightly so, and a lot of pressure, a lot of heat on the manager and their, all the rest of it. And, uh, and everybody was, you know, calling for everybody to get shot and thrown overboard. And, and we took a step back and said, you know what, we got really good players. So the, this idea of making an emotional decision to just to fire out a good player never has made any sense to me and what we try to say is you know at the end of the day can we surround them with guys you know that maybe aren't sexy in terms of the um, you know the stat line but but can bring a little insulation can bring experience when things are at the most important time so you know I look at you know veteran players that we have brought in here You know, the Trevor Lewis has had a huge impact on our team. You know, he's won won two Stanley Cups. We had Brad Richardson, who you guys know, um, who was with us the majority of the season, who, again, just a a real pro's pro has won. Um, You know, Eric Branson on the back end, again, not the sexiest name, but has come in and has played a huge role for us as a veteran guy, a real stabilizing, big, heavy defenseman. So it was those types of moves, the trade deadline we brought in, Um, we brought in, well, before the deadline, we, we made a move for Tyler to Foley and then brought in Yarncroft, you know, Tyler's has been to the Stanley cup final has won a, has won a, has won a cup. Um, you know, Callie's been on long, on, on long playoff runs. So it was all that experience that we felt was the right pieces to surround and not necessarily just the best, you know, go get the best collection of players, but they could fit a certain role, and they could bring that 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 intangible at this time of the year when it's time to just to, you know, keep your emotions in check and players that have been through there. So um, it's a long process to get to a point, and then you, you put all that together, and it still it's a, it, it it doesn't guarantee anything. So, um, but I really like our group. Um, they've been a consistent group all year. We got a hell of a challenge ahead of us in the next round, but we're we're certainly happy. We're still playing.
2: Brad, and you talk about building the team and you build the players. on it starts with Markstrom, too. And he, and we talked yeah. about his ability to keep the puck on that. He led the first round in goals against average. He was phenomenal. So that's a piece. But then here's something that people that listen to our show know. I'm wrong a lot in my <laughs> predictions and things I talk about. And when you hired Daryl Sutter, I go, Huh? Like what? Like who? Like, I thought he's retired. Like, is that, what's that fix? How is that going to work with a guy like Johnny Hockey and the new, the new generation of hockey players? How is that fit going to be? And here I sit later and go, wow, I'm wrong. And mm-hmm. can you tell me what, what Daryl brought as a head coach to the group that you had and how he's been able to cement this going into the playoffs?
3: Yeah. You know, I've known Daryl a long time. I've never worked with him, but I've known him a long time. And, and, you know, this wasn't the first time I went to Daryl to, to to try to convince him to come coach us. Um, you know, we had a conversation, you know, before and uh, you know, he, he was comfortable uh, sort of moving on from it. <laughs> and, uh, but he's a, like to me, he's a hall of fame coach and there's two, there's two Daryls. There's the perception that everybody sees is the gruff old rancher. Um, I can tell you now working with them for, you know, last year and this year, I mean, he's is dialed into today's game. Um, he he spends as much time with our data people than anybody that I've been around. Um, he's he he looks at every percentage of how he can get an advantage. But the core of what Daryl brings is what I, I felt this team needed. And 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 you know, people talk about the new game. I think there's there's principles that never go out of style, and one is accountability. Um, you know, being able to maximize the potential, whatever that potential is of a certain player. Um, and, you know, his ability to, to I think he's one of the, the finest bench coaches our game's seen. You know, Daryl knows exactly five minutes into a game, two minutes into a game, who's going, who's not going, um, what matchups, you know, he can, he can expose, um, you know, where to put people into the, in the best chance to be successful. Um, and he's gotten he's gotten the ability to get players to buy into uh, a mentality to have success um, and it's a checking mentality so the idea that he's a defensive coach I think is uh, he he makes you play on both sides of the puck but as you mentioned earlier um, we were one of the highest scoring teams and most offensive teams this year but we did it without not only giving up anything defensively but being a really solid tight defensive team so um, I just thought the attributes that he's he's good at, he's got an ability to push people beyond limits that they thought they were capable of doing. But he does it in a way um, – I can honestly tell you, one of the players, you know, one of the players told me a great story I think that sums up Daryl is he, he pushes you. So there's a game where, you know, a guy's pushing him and, and at the end of the day the guy's, you know, he's this coach is all over me and he's pushing me and he's he's up one side of me down the other. Does he really – he doesn't like me. He says, I get dressed, get undressed, go to the family room. And there he is holding my, my young kid. And, uh, you know, the minute the game ends the personal relationship. So he cares deeply about each and every player. He knows er everything that's going on in their lives. He knows what their mom and dads do. He knows what the kids are up to. So he's got that real personal connection with players, but he, but, but he's, he's, he pushes them. And, 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 uh, like I said, accountability and, and being demanding. I don't care what area you're in. I don't think that goes out of style. And, and uh, you know, I think Daryl's a, a huge reason of uh, reason why this team has taken the step that it took this year.
1: So Brad, now we get the battle of Alberta that I think uh, most hockey fans wanted to see. Yeah, We've talked about, you know, the battle of Florida is great. Those are two fantastic teams, but this one has so much more history. What's your read. First off, we'll get dive into the rivalry a little more, but what's your read on Edmonton and the challenge ahead? What are the keys to success in this series?
3: Well, they're a really good team. I think they've, you know, um, they're a dangerous team offensively. I mean, they've got, again, it, 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 they've got the best player in the world, um, and they got another player right behind him, and you know, and obviously Connor, and then you've got Leon Drysaddle, who's right behind them. So you got two of the best players, if not two, the two best players in the league. But they're more than that now. I think there was a time when you they were, you know, they they relied heavily on those two guys. I think Kenny's done a great job. They're deep. Um, um, they, they come at you now, you know, four lines that can score. Um, and they take care of their own end now. Um, I think they play a much, a much tighter game. Um, defensively, you saw that in the L.A. series. They didn't give up much. And, and certainly the last couple of games, they didn't give up anything. Um, and then at the end of the day, we the three of us on this, Call, know what the goalie can do. You know, we've seen it firsthand with Smitty, and and he's been terrific in these playoffs. So um it's gonna be a really big test uh for us. And and but the rivalry is something special. Um like until you're in it, I think we all watched it from afar, but until you're in it, um, you know, you don't just play the other team. And this, you know, I think it's gonna go to a whole different level now. It's been 31 years since these teams have played in the playoffs, but even in a regular season game, you don't play the, you're playing the entire city. I mean, you, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, my daughter said something to me yesterday. She she read something online or something where, you know, red deer is in between Calgary and, and, and Edmonton. And somebody said, please pray for red deer. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. and, you know especially with everything that this province has gone through the last 2 years we've all we've all gone through it across the country across the world um but it it hit hard here with covid and oil and gas and the agriculture business everything's been hit hard here the last couple of years so i think it's just awesome for the province um both cities will be juiced up and uh and I think it's going to be a terrific series. When,
2: when you look at it, Brad, and we talked about the, a little bit of the history to give people an idea, um, it has been 31 years since they met in 1991. The Oilers um, went on to lose to my hometown, Minnesota North Stars, who That's lost right. to the Penguins, but just throw that out there. Um, they played five times. Edmonton won four of them. But the interesting stat to me is from 1983 to 1990. The Edmonton Oilers or the Calgary Flames represented the West in the Stanley Cup final. Eight years in a row was either the Oilers or the Flames in the Stanley Cup final. And that shows you to get there because they're in the same division. They had to play each other all the time. Like this this rivalry is massive. They played almost 300 times. By the way, Calgary holds the all-time series lead, 139 wins to 123 losses. So anyway, coming into this year the other thing I find interesting not just the history is the players that have played on both. And Mike Smith is one that you've had had on your club a few years ago. And now he's battling on the other side. And Milan Lucic is another guy that has a lot of friends and probably a few enemies on the other bench too. So do you think that brings a little bit extra juice for guys that have worn both sweaters in this competition?
3: Yeah. Great point, PD. It, I think it is. I, it, it just, it, 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 it's funny. Like it's hard to even describe it. And, and like I said, my first, I mean, just to give you an insight, my first when I got hired here, like a couple months later, we were in a rookie tournament and, you know, we all the rookie, everybody does the rookie tournaments in the in the fall. And we went up and ours is in Penticton. And, you know, I it's it's a rookie tournament and our first games against Edmonton. And like, you know, the 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 calls I was getting, you know, even our presence, like we don't like to lose to him. I'm like it's a rookie tournament and they're like no you don't understand this is this is when you're playing checkers it you, you got to understand the rivalry so I think the fact that you've got players that have been on both sides of it adds a little more spice but I don't think it needs anymore it's it's uh it's uh it's a it's it's a real hot rivalry there's you know fans that travel back and forth it's it's close enough it's a three-hour drive that you're gonna have you know You'll have people going back and forth, so it, it's, you know, uh, somebody said the other day, do you know do you, you do you know what to expect? And my answer is really honestly, no, I don't. I, I I think I do, but until you lived it, um, I used to watch this as a as a young guy, and and you know, back in the '80s, the game was a little bit little different. Um, there were it was a bloodbath back then, and <laughs> it was sort of uh, you know, it was a combination of WWF and, and NHL, but. Um, but it's going to be—it'll be full of juice. It'll be there's stars on both teams. There's, you know, like you said, goaltend, top goaltenders. Uh, it'll there'll be a lot of hate. Um, it, it's the way it's supposed to be. It's the playoffs. So um, these two teams should deserve to to have a, a series that's taken a long time, and it'll be a, it'll be a good one for sure.
1: Almost feels like in-state rivalries in college, you know, where mm. like when when the new Arizona yeah. State football coach gets hired, it's like, "What's your job first? First order of business: is beat U of A every year. Yeah. That's, all, that's all that matters. It's a good season if you beat U of A." It's interesting. Can, can you can you take us inside a little bit? What do you see tangibly? And I know you haven't had the playoff matchup yet, but in those regular season matchups, how how do you see it on a, a daily basis? This rivalry, are there any good stories or or uh, anecdotes from that time playing them during the regular season?
3: well just the emotion craig like the emotion that that you know you 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 get it's totally different like we you 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 it doesn't matter if it's november um it doesn't matter if it's january obviously this is takes it to a whole different level the stakes of being a uh, you know a playoff series but you know we had them in here we they beat us we went up uh, we played four times this year the first two were up there they beat us uh I think it was opening night. Yeah, it was opening night. It was the first game our opening game? Then um, and, and we played well in both games up there. They, you know, they they've got a lethal power play, and it was clicking hard early in the year too. And they beat us up there. Then we we came back. The f- one game we played them here, they it, I don't I don't put any stock into any of the games, but they were they were missing half their team for one of the games. They had a bunch of injuries, uh, and then the final game it was a it was a wild game. It was a nine five game here. Wow, we beat them nine five. Um, but just that you, it feels different. Like when you usually play them, they, they usually play a lot of these games on a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. So it just like, it's like waking up on Christmas morning. It feels different when you're playing Edmonton regular season, preseason, anytime it feels different. And, uh, and so it's going to be, it's going to be that on steroids in the playoffs. So it's going to be, it'll be, uh, it will be fun to see. And, uh, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a hard series. You can't lose sight of all the emotion, all the rest of it. You know, that's going to be great for the fans, you know, as the players and coaches. It's going to be a really good, you know, test for both teams. Because both teams are good. And, uh, you know, so you've got to keep your emotion in check. And, and uh, there'll be highs and lows as they're in every playoff round and every series is you're going to have to manage the, the momentum swings. Um, but it'll be fun to be part of.
2: And I look at it as a hockey fan brad which i am the first of all i won't be nervous because hk I don't care but, but yeah. it's not m- no skin in the game but here's a fan honestly like you talk about nine five these games could be eight seven or they could be one nothing in double overtime like that's yeah. how one they're evenly matched I, I like the matchup. i think it's gonna be great but the goaltenders are so good but on the flip side the offense is overpowering on both teams so this is going to be so much fun to watch last thing for me i want to ask about the area outside of the Saddle Dome that we see on TV when we're watching the game here, where we see the sea of red outside yeah. watching this game. Can you give us a sense of the atmosphere in downtown Calgary right now? What it's like during a game? Because, I mean, surprising to Coyotes fans, your building sells out. Um, but it's hard to get a ticket. So you, you have to watch it elsewhere. What's that atmosphere outside the building?
3: Yeah, I think, well, we, we're full. You can't get a ticket here. So it's 20000 inside, and I think it's 10000 outside. Jeez. Um, and I think they wanted to expand that, double that for this round. Um, so it's crazy. As you know, Petey, it's up here and Rob Blake, I was talking to Rob Blake, um, the GM in LA and, and, you know, they played Edmonton in the last round and he said, you know, it's just the difference in Canada is, you know, everywhere else you walk it, you feel the excitement in the playoffs when you walk in the building here, it's everywhere in town. Like, yeah. you know, I was, I was taking out the garbage the other day and my neighbors, you know. He's given us he's given us direction on what we got to do on the power play. Like you can't you're not going anywhere um, without you you know it's you know everybody's got flags in their cars. You you go downtown and everybody's wearing you know flames colors in the playoff. It's just it, it, it the the entire city embraces it. Um, but they you know they call it the red lot. So they've got basically our as you know our facilities right on the the Stampede grounds. So they've got, you know, basically this whole big part of the stampede grounds. They've got a huge couple of huge uh, screens um, and a beer tent and, the, and a pizza tent. And people are are in there and they, so the game started at eight o'clock. I think the lot opens up at three. Um, there's <laughs> not crazy. a lot of work happening downtown right now during the playoffs. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a pretty exciting time and, and lots of juice, not only around the building in the building outside it, but the whole, the whole town.
2: Well, it's, you know, Brad, it's it, for us here in Arizona, we, we really do miss playoff hockey, but it's fun to live vicariously through people like yourself and, and other people and players that have had connections here to the Arizona desert. So from Craig and I, and, and Leah, who's in the studio, just wanted to say thanks for taking the time, wish you the best of luck and absolutely we'll be all tuned into this playoff. So thanks, Brad, and good luck.
3: Awesome. Good visiting with you guys. Miss you guys. And, uh, uh, I'd say stay cool there, but I know that's not going to happen. But we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, enjoy, enjoy the snow and uh, try and enjoy these post, this postseason if you can, Brad.
3: Okay, thanks, hey, Brad. guys.
0: Special thanks to Calgary Flames General Manager Brad Tree Living for giving his time the day before his playoff series kicks off. I'm and, and chirping interview. my
1: love of Pellegrino
0: him chirping you, but how about PD chirping him? Yeah, saying oh HK K- about this series. I yeah, don't like... care
1: if you win or not, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tied to your team.
0: Unreal, <laughs> unreal. But it was really, yeah. you know, he had some great insight on what it's like to be a GM and just be helpless up in the box, um but also kind of give a, a flavor of what Calgary is like during this, during the playoffs, but especially what it'll probably be like today.
1: Yeah. Great personality from the Coyotes past Brett living love love talking to that guy stayed in touch with him obviously but mm-hmm. it's one of the guys that you, you know I, I said this recently that this game is a much as much about relationships as anything else. It's one of my favorite parts about it. It's just all these relationships that you build over time. And yeah, he's definitely one of those yeah, guys that I'll really, always stay in touch with.
0: It was a really great interview. And he even said, miss you guys, which <laughs> was very nice. So yeah. thank you again to uh, the Calgary Flames GM Bradbury Living. And I was just on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Calgary Flames are favorites in tonight's game. Um, and if you go on DraftKings and on the NHL tab, there's a, like a lit up thing in red. Bet on the Battle of Alberta. And there's so many different props and things and goal in the first 10 minutes or tie after the first pair. Like you can literally bet the heck out of this game. So if you're like Petey and don't really have any rooting interest one way or another, and you want to make it interesting, you can bet on it on the DraftKings sportsbook app. And this week, a DraftKings new customers who sign up using the promo code P H N X and bet $5 on any team to win can get $150 in free bets if they do. And for existing customers and all customers, can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So, you can make it a little more fun for yourself with that as well. So, the NHL playoffs are happening. The NBA playoffs are happening. There's baseball. There's so much going on. So, be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility. Restrictions. Apply. See DraftKings.com. For more details. And uh, Craig, I bet you didn't think this next segment is what we would have to talk about. Yeah, you week.
1: know, I didn't expect two rants in a week.
0: No, I either. Well, rent. you had two multiple days. on Monday. So I you did. could argue that this is maybe the third or fourth.
1: thought rent. I got them out of my system, but then... A, st- a certain story moved yesterday.
0: Yes. So yesterday on The Athletic, a story, and this was the headline, Coyote's agreement with ASU includes good behavior, clause for team, comma, its owner, by Sean Shapiro and Katie Strang. And as per usual, whenever you see these two on a byline, for co- from the Coyote's fans' perspectives, you, you, you tense up because it does oh what's coming? It does, yeah, you wonder what, what it is that's coming. And everyone at least on twitter and the ph coyotes mentions read it and we're like well yeah
1: yeah that's so what and came yesterday was basically a non-story if you want to lay out the details of the coyotes agreement with asu for the multi-purpose arena fine let's lay them all out there i've already have i did this a while ago laid out all those details um so if you want to get that to a national audience cool but this headline is There's just no arguing that this headline is sensationalized. There's a good behavior clause. Oh, guess what? ASU does this literally with every one of their agreements, and I verified that with ASU. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who knows anything about business deals. These are very common, and they're standard at ASU. I verified that, okay? So you have that that thrown out there, first of all, like it's a big deal, like it's something out of the ordinary. It's not. What's your next move as, as a reporter? After you get this agreement and you you pour over all the details, your next move as a reporter is to call the parties involved and ask, hey, just want to get some clarification. That didn't happen with this story. One call to ASU would have told them that this is nothing out of the ordinary. This is standard. And in fact, most people, it's amazing how many people in the general public do. Like, yeah, this is like I have the one in my, in my business. Yes, this happens all the time, and it literally happens with every one ASU ASU's deal because it's a public university that takes money from the state. They deal with kids. They have to do this sort of thing. So just a little bit further reporting would have revealed that. Now, there's another thing that came out of this story, and I don't think it was actually said in this story. It was just extrapolated by a number of people, including personalities at The Athletic, and somehow TSN, like half a day later, that didn't get the memo and still ran with misinformation that the Coyotes are not allowed to put their logo at Center Ice. That's not what the deal says. They can't alter what ASU puts there. In fact, if you read my story when the deal was finally complete, just, a, I don't know, it was like a week or two ago, Morgan Olsen, the ASU CFO, said both teams' identities are going to be reflected at Center Ice. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I'm guessing both logos are going to be at Center Ice. So that is just... Flat out misinformation that is circulating all over the place including like I said by TSN like 12 hours later after like I think so many people knew it wasn't the case anymore. This stuff drives me crazy. There's so much misinformation out there on Twitter. And and it even comes from supposed media outlets. Sometimes we've seen it in, in politics a whole lot. I mean we have the phrase alternative facts invented by a certain someone to basically excuse lies that are being told. Well, these are lies. They're simply not true and just a little bit more reporting would have found that out. So I don't know what to say, Leah. I just there, – there are days where I come in here and I think – is reporting dead is journalism dead what's going on out there how hard is it to make one call to find out what the actual case is? it didn't happen here it's especially frustrating for coyotes fans because they're they're at the butt end of this all the time this happens all the time i spend so much time debunking bad rumors i mean there's a bunch of tropes out there about the coyotes that we could talk about i don't want to get into all that now but just put in the work just do the work Just do your job.
0: Wow. That was great, Craig. Mic drop. (laughs) Thank you for expressing what I know so many Coyotes fans felt frustrated about yesterday and today, and you captured it well. It's just we're so sick of these storylines that just simply aren't true. And- Craig said before we went live like can't we just have an, a normal off season, <laughs> like a normal team please what is that
1: like I don't even know what it feels
0: oh like oh my gosh yeah. so another great Craig Rich. should we do should we need a clearing I feel like we need to let yeah, go we haven't I, done a clearing, a clearing in a while now, this
1: is like a lululemon clearing yes. is that what's going on here yes okay. let's just I'm done with you what a, do we do
0: well let's just first take a deep breath
1: okay He's really good at those. We, yeah, but his yeah. sighs
0: are a little more anxious, like there's a yeah. an edge to them. <laughs> so, it's true. It's true. so this was just a releasing sigh, and we will clear that we are putting that aside. Craig has clarified a lot of misinformation. And if you want to read the reporting that Craig has done weeks ago, you can do so at go ago. Yeah. So a this is these a great details
1: were out a couple months ago. It's a great
0: time to become a member because Craig is the one who's calling ASU, who's calling multiple sources. Um, And if you're going to hear any Coyotes news, you should get it from somebody who's covering the team every single day of the week, and that's Craig. So become a member today at gophnx.com. You can sign up for your first year and get a shirt when you sign up or just try out a first month for 50 cents if you do month to month and check out the PHNX locker as well because there's a lot of great stuff on there also dropping today. Actually, it's already out. It's episode two of the story, yes, um, which we're really excited about. Paul Bissonnette is on this episode, so <laughs> um, his second PHNX appearance, um, but it's the story starting with how the Coyotes ended up moving out west to Glendale, so I'm really excited to get yeah, this one to Yeah, Cheers to Cell
1: did such a great job on this series. Uh, I- I've heard all of them, but I'm going to go listen to it again, mm-hmm. you know, just to... Just to hear the polished product at this point. Really excited. She did a terrific job with that. So definitely go and listen to the story.
0: Yeah, it's an unbelievable um podcast. So subscribe to the story if you haven't already. Give it a listen. They're super digestible. You know, I think no more than 15 minutes. So yeah. if you have a drive somewhere, just cooking dinner tonight, give it a listen because it's a really, really great listen. Craig, anything else we need to get off our chest today or talk or, about? No more, no about? more
1: uh, rants, no more clearings. Yeah, Two hopefully. stories, though. I did do what's probably going to be my last prospect report for a little while, checking in on Dylan Gunther, who's just ripping up the WHL playoffs right now with a goal in every game and nine goals overall in eight, eight games. Edmonton has swept its first two-round opponents. They're going to start the uh, semifinals against uh, Winnipeg on Friday. So I checked in with him, talked to his coach, talked to Alex Henry, who's the director of player development for the case. Um So check that out. And I have another cool story coming that I'm actually really excited about, and I'm, I'm hoping to do this for more than just one potential draft pick. But I'm talking to Logan Cooley later today, and I already talked to one of his coaches, so I'm going to have a piece up on Logan Cooley.
0: Awesome. Well, you can find all of those, like I said, on com. We'll have an audio episode tomorrow kind of building off of that. And what, you know, is it worth it to draft a small center? And can small centers have success And the NHL? Then Friday, we'll talk more about Dylan Gunther because all about the future and mm-hmm. you know like Craig said he's lighting it up um, for the oil king so we'll dive more into that on Friday audio episode tomorrow live again Friday at 11 a.m. be sure to subscribe to the PHNX next sports YouTube channel and um next coyotes wherever you get your podcast as well follow us on Twitter at PHNX next underscore coyotes I haven't looked at our um, we're about 58 away from me sure. having to eat fake maple syrup so I'm gonna give Tell it your friends plug. Tell Follow coyotes on Twitter once we get to 3250, to which right now we're 58 away from that. I will eat as much fake maple syrup as Craig and Petey want me to go live to on the show this
1: weekend and buy Ugh. a big bottle of just log cabin, or maybe I'll get something worse than log cabin. Is
0: there something worse than log cabin? The, I'm not sure. Like, it's Like pure like, corn syrup. Like the know. the grocery store, like Kroger. Kroger yes, exactly. Yeah, oh, we'll Kroger so, maple
1: syrup. That's it. Yeah, that's it's
0: time. It's time for me to to pay this debt that you guys have both. Well, actually, well,
1: I mean, yeah. Petey
0: has yet to ca- still waiting on that. But one. I will say, I did hear an update the other day on his plans for it, and it will be worth the wait. We'll see. It will be worth the wait. We'll
1: see if you follow through, Petey, If you're watching, yes, because we are we are waiting for you to pay a debt that's long overdue
0: (laughs) all right well thank you all so much for watching and we'll see you all live on friday have a good day